Welcome to Mad About Money, the podcast that is mad about money, sponsored by My VIP Rewards, the multi-award winning loyalty app that helps people to save money on their everyday living expenses while supporting the community. I'm Maddie Alexander-Grout, and today I am joined by the beautiful Sarah McCaldon, who is going to tell us about her money story. Now, this is a gripping one, so you do not want to miss this. Um, Sarah is a um, money mindset mentor and a success principles um, coach, trainer? Trainer. Success principles trainer. Sarah, tell us about that. What is it? Um, So Jack Canfield, who I have been trained by, he's um, known as America's number one number one success coach or something like that anyway he um he uh wrote a book called the success principles he he's one of the kind of guru guys along with bob proctor john asaraf all of those uh guys and uh so i'm i'm one of his trainers i i loved his book so much uh you know i i got involved in uh bob proctor's coaching program back in 2018 and then found uh jack canfield through that and just really found that that helped me so much to change my life that i that i became one of his trainers and um so it's a way that i can help other people to you know define what success is for them define what wealth is for them and and help them to to move towards their towards where they want to be right towards their goals and also create their goals because lots of people don't have goals right just kind of moving through life you know just not thinking yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's always good to have goals, isn't it? So, um, so Sarah, how did you get? Um, I mean, let's let's talk about your money story to to start with, because you've had a an incredible, incredible story to from from where you started to to where you are now. Uh, I mean, Sarah is literally like I'm pretty sure she's going to start working for the Metro at some point soon because they just use her all the time for all of their little snippets about money, which is amazing. Um, so how did it all start? Um, well, gosh, if I if I go back to um, when I was a child, <laughs> um, you know, I think I think for me, uh, I didn't really think I didn't really think about money as a small child at all. You know, I I, um, I didn't you know, my my dad, uh, you know, had a good job and he had, you know, he had a PhD, he had a good job. My mum looked after us. I didn't. You know, I look forward to like getting coins from the tooth fairy and Who some, some some five pound notes from my relatives at Christmas and, and on my birthday and things like that. And then uh, actually we moved to America when I was 10 years old. And uh, and I think probably a year or two after that, I actually remember I had a 1992 calendar. <laughs> And uh, it was Cat's calendar. And I used to tick the days. I mean, it sounds so horrible now, but I used to tick the days when my parents had an argument because I just knew that they were going to be getting a divorce. I just knew it. Uh, all they would do was fight about money. <laughs> and uh, and my parents, they did get divorced when I was 14. Well, they separated then anyway. And um, my mum moved us back to the UK 
and uh, I, you know, I did my GCSEs here and, and went back to the States. But you know, my my parents really had two different ways of thinking about it, two completely opposite ways of thinking about money. And uh, my you know, my dad was very well off, and and my mum, of course, um, who looked after us and who didn't, who hadn't worked for you know fourteen years, mm-hmm. um, ended up with very little. Um, and anyway, well, I chose to live in America because, well, I just did. Um, America's pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to, I guess, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole thing is really complicated. And, and I think for me, really, like the rest of the money story probably starts after I, um, I moved back to the UK. So I was 24. Um, nearly 24 by then and uh, I, I started working for the probation service and uh, and you know I, I I for the you know I just finished university I just graduated from university over in America it was like my first kind of real job <clears throat> and I was earning money money was going into my bank account at the end of every month and it just felt it felt really good um and I was like, okay, I, I want to make more money. <laughs> so I got another job and I started working at a bar. And, uh, and I, met, uh, I met a crack addict there. And, um, and I, I met a heroin addict first. And then the crack addict became my boyfriend. <laughs> you don't pick them very well, do you? <laughs> Ah, yes. Um, So, uh, but, you know, at the time it was really ironic because actually, you know, just going back to when I was living in America, did have a problem with drugs and alcohol and I'd stopped. I'd been clean and sober for three years by the time I moved back to the UK. And I thought I came at it from the angle of trying to help these people. Right. And I just got myself, I just got myself caught up in it as well. And very, very quickly, my life fell apart everything that was good just kind of went away and you know for the next five years it was all about having a 10 pound note you know Mm. because it well and it was I couldn't (laughs) I couldn't even buy you know you could buy a rock of crack or a rock of heroin for 10 pounds right but I needed two white white is the crack and brown is the heroin so I needed I needed 30 pounds I couldn't have 29 pounds or 27 pounds or you know whatever it was I had to have 30 pounds or more preferably um you know and 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 I uh and and how how did you get that money when you have the habit um well I I did work um and also my my boyfriend was my boyfriend worked at bars and restaurants and stuff and and so he could just take um cash out the till I mean I I think it kind of evolved over over the, the time you know when I first when I first kind of started hanging out I was afraid to kind of meet these people on the streets and 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 do kind of anything wrong and you know a year or two later I was quite comfortable <laughs> doing those things mm-hmm. you know I mean I worked and I worked in a bar uh, what's the statute of limitations 
um, you know, I, I worked I worked in a bar, um, a, a few of them over over the over the time you know I, I was there. I was living in King's Cross, and uh, I just stole I just stole money out the till. I do the maths in my head. So if somebody bought a pint for three pounds, I don't know. What, I mean, I'm clean and sober now. I've been clean and sober for over thirteen years. Um, but back then it was 30, three pounds for a pint. And, you know, if somebody, and people would pay with cash mostly, it's probably changed quite a bit now where people pay by card or whatever. Mm. <clears throat> um, and literally I would just count up. I wouldn't run it through the till. I just count it up and do the maths and take the money, 60 pounds, a hundred pounds a day mm. sometimes. And did you your know. employers not notice? Um, no, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't stay there. So some of those jobs, I didn't stay there long enough to be caught. And then there was one job where I was, where I was working up in Angel and uh, and I saw I saw the manager doing it. I saw him doing what I was doing. Like I, wow. I caught on. I caught on and I thought, well, now I can't get caught, um, you know, because he he would just be thinking that it was him that was doing that and that's where all of the kind of wasted was going wow um, and uh but i i i couldn't re i couldn't hold down a job for a long time at all and i didn't you know i felt i felt ill i felt ill doing that kind of stuff i didn't i didn't like it it wasn't like like i was proud of doing it or anything like that it was like a means to an end mm. you know it was like, if I don't have this, I'm going to be really ill. And, you know, like I had resigned myself to the fact that I was going to be doing that forever. You know, like I, I thought that I was going to die doing that. And uh, in fact, I, I did. I, I did try to commit suicide. And that was kind of like, that was kind of like the turnaround point. But, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd been trying you know there were there are periods during that five years where I tried to get clean and sober maybe for like a few weeks or a few months at a time but I could never I could never get a, a good amount of clean time and I and I um didn't have any faith in myself you know like after yeah I used to go to um cocaine anonymous meetings and alcoholics anonymous meetings well I, I went to cocaine anonymous first in fact I wouldn't go to AA because alcohol wasn't my problem you know and I and I thought that I wouldn't be welcome at AA because I were I had been a crack and a heroin addict anyway um and uh, I just remember going there sometimes and not um Like it, I always it was so I felt so shaped, like ashamed mm. um, and and unworthy. Like it was such a horrible feeling, like to even like not feel like I could go to a cocaine anonymous meeting for for help because I'd gone so many times and I'd relapsed and I'd have to sit down and I'd have to say that I couldn't. Um, that I'd relapse but also the, you know the, like the only thing the only thing I've got to compare it to is going to Slimming World and <laughs> going back after a year and going hey I'm still fat 
definitely not yeah. the same thing. <laughs> but and you yeah. know, like I, I had a real um, even a, I feel like I, I also had the secondary thing going on, Maddie, where I, I couldn't actually speak. For for me, I'd I'd had this kind of. Uh, what do you call uh, what do you call selective mutism um mm. as a child and you know moving to america hadn't helped and and like uh, like i never really kind of worked on that part of myself and i felt so kind of uh like i had this kind of physical reaction to speaking in public um and I could I couldn't even share like I had all of this stuff going on in, in my mind and I couldn't even get it out. I think also that kind of contributed to, to me being stuck in this in this pattern. If I'd been able to express myself in a meeting, I might not have found it so difficult, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's, so that's that's hard for for anybody getting up and saying hey this is my story this is where I've messed up that's tough that's really tough yeah you're so brave just for for sharing it you know here sharing it everywhere um yeah I mean I I haven't I haven't really shared it too you know too much <laughs> I think I think only in the last couple of years or last few years I felt kind of uh comfortable sharing that because there was a lot of shame and judgment and all of that that I carried around even after I got clean and sober you know and I think that you know when you're feeling like that you know low self-esteem low self-confidence low self-worth you're you're not gonna end up you, you're not gonna get well-paid jobs and that sort of stuff because you don't feel like you're worth it so, right? so how did how did you get out of it how did you change that mindset um well i i um i remember so you know I, well anyway i got clean and sober and I, I i moved to new zealand and i met my husband and my children and I had my children over there and uh anyway we were we'd moved back here so that i spent seven years in new zealand and uh you know we struggled over there as well like i didn't work you know i didn't work after I had my children and we just kind of, I decided that I didn't want to work because I wanted to be, well, as soon as my, well, around the time that my first son was four months old, I just knew I couldn't give him to somebody else. I just felt like it wasn't the right thing to do for, for me. Um, so we, so we made, you know, like the sacrifices that you make or whatever you want to call it. I, I mean, I wouldn't even call it sacrifice really it was just like the way we chose to live but it was still difficult because we were only on one income mm. um and then when we moved back here well my husband couldn't find a job for six months or something <laughs> and I and I was uh and I had to go to work it was such a change from from not working for five years or whatever it was to um going out and it was just some shitty job Maddie it was some like horrible like temp job in a school it was awful and then I decided that I was going to do a master's 
in professional studies in children's play and that would help me you know either start my own business doing stuff around that or I'd be able to get a job paying 30 or 40,000 pounds a year or something like that and I uh, and we'd we'd move from a house to I mean we were renting move from a house to an apartment to pay for this uh, postgraduate degree and um, I've, I've, you know, after two or three years, two years, I was feeling so frustrated with my life. You know, I, I did like parts of my life. You know, I enjoyed, um, you know, the studying and stuff. And I, I, you know, I was where I was doing my research at an adventure playground in London. And I, I enjoyed all of that, but I was also, I, I, I wasn't around my children yet again. You know, mm -hmm. like they went to school and then I was at these adventure playgrounds in the evenings. And sometimes I got back at like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night and it was like night, night. And, and that was it. And, and, I, and I just felt like I didn't, like they're going to grow up. Am I going to actually be around for them? Are they going to remember me as their mom looking after them or are they going to remember somebody else? Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I didn't like, I didn't. I, need, I felt desperate to change that. And um, I also wanted, desperately, I wanted to leave my husband. Now, I'll say now that we're, we're still married. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he and, does know this, right? <laughs> In case he and, listens. <laughs> and, and things are so much better now than they've ever been. Um, but at the time, in 2017, I really wanted to leave him you know like my mind was made up I need to leave him um, my thought was I can't I'm trapped I'm trapped because I don't earn enough money and there are going to be so many women who feel the same and you know do you know what this is really weird okay so my parents got divorced about the same age as you and I remember one of one of my big money traumas was the, the fact that my dad um left my mum and she didn't really she worked for him she didn't really have her own money um I mean she was she was very lucky because she had um quite a wealthy you know quite wealthy parents who looked after her and made sure she was okay but it was still very difficult for her to go from being employed by my dad to not having any money at all had to sell the house it was all all quite hard and I learned that lesson very early on and when me and my husband got married, I decided from day one that we were always going to have separate finances. And we always have. Yeah. And so many people are like, oh, yeah, let's get a joint account. Let's do this. And, and I, I do get it. Um, I am. I'm one of those people that I sit and I watch my bank account. So I know exactly what every line does. And I know it, like what's going on what. Um, but I look after the bills. I'm really meticulous with them. And I make sure that I've always got my account my backup I don't ask anybody for money what I earn is mine having said yes. that being, being self-employed there are times where I have to go to my husband I've got no money can you help me out <laughs> and he's like I thought you were a money expert I thought you had this and I'm like yeah but even the even people who are the best with money sometimes still don't have enough for what their outgoings are so yeah. it's, it's hard so I completely get it um yeah and my, me and my husband are the same maddie we we i i 
I can't understand the mentality of a joint bank account myself. Like, I, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's always been separate bank accounts. And, and uh, but again, like you, I, I pay all the bills. So he transfers his mm. portion Sorry. over to me. Yeah. Is it, but doesn't it make you feel like you're in control of that? Yeah. I, yeah. I really, I, I don't think I could go back to it being any other way now because I need to know that everything's being paid. I had a, I was 40 grand in debt before we moved in, before we got our house together. And I really, really struggled with paying things on time. And I used to be that person. I used to bury my head in the sand. I used to ignore letters that came through, ignore bills. And when you start looking at these things, they start going away. They don't go away as in, yeah, you still have to pay for them. But the problem is magnified when you bury your head in the sand. So genuinely would recommend to anybody who is in trouble, look at it, work out what you can do, because there are ways that you can you can stay in control and that that's what finances are you know if if you're in control of your finances it doesn't really matter if you're a millionaire or if you're a pauper um you know or anywhere in between as long as you have control that's where that's where you know everything's going in the right direction right yeah yeah that just reminds me that there was a time when i was i was paying my phone bill my I paid my phone bill late every single month every single month I never looked at the phone bill or anything and then I I one day I what I was I, it was when I was looking through all of my finances when I finally started to do that and I realized that every month I'd been paying five pounds a five pound late fee and I oh, you know no. I did I did the maths and it was something like in that you know it was like 350 pounds or something over yeah. over a few years that I'd been spending uh, that was just ridiculous I'd just been giving them money for, for no reason really other than you know me not taking responsibility because it's just taking responsibility right that's yeah that's all it is no, oh, that's really good. So, so you and your husband are fine now, and the kids are fine, and you're now on this <laughs> on this amazing journey. Um, yeah. Let's talk about sacred money archetypes because this is how how Sarah and I kind of got connected. Um, one of our mutual friends said to me, "Maddie, you need to do this money quiz." So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about this money quiz because it is honestly, a, it's a game changer. Understanding where your background with money comes from. Yeah, so the so the sacred money archetypes there, um, they were created by a woman in Arizona called Kendall Summerhawk, and so I'm you know trained with her as a money and business coach and also sacred money archetypes coach, and um, so they're just they're really a lens. It's like a, it's like any personality quiz, right? The the more that you know about yourself the more successful you can become, right? The more you can understand yourself and then, you know, make the necessary changes in order for you to live your most fully expressed life, right? Um, so, the, so the sacred money archetypes, there are eight archetypes. Um, we've got the accumulator, the alchemist, celebrity connector, maverick nurturer, uh, romantic and ruler. 
And so we're all a mixture of all eight, but our top archetype is really the lens through which we see money and how money, you know, how money is behaved in our lives and, and how we treat money and, and, um, and all the rest of it. And then your, your second and third top archetypes are, you know, give that, um, you know, give your character some depth, right? So, you know, it's, for me, my top three archetypes are celebrity, maverick, and accumulator and so i would be very different to somebody who had uh, their top archetypes as celebrity maverick and romantic for example i'm, you I'm know. celebrity i'm celebrity romantic uh, no sorry i'm celebrity nurturer and maverick yeah that's what i am um and it is it is the most interesting thing um you know you get to work out what you know what your gifts are um, where your pitfalls are as a person around money and I just think it is super interesting um, and Sarah if it's all right with you I think it'd be really good for us to share um, in in our money saving community um, the link to the quiz so that people can do it if you're okay with that yeah absolutely uh, it is it, it's a you'll be surprised at how accurate um, uh, how accurate the test is um, and then of course uh, you know, once you know your archetypes, uh, once you take the quiz, um, you'll get an email with a little video um, from me explaining each of the archetypes. You can just skip around um, to, to your top three. And, and really knowing your archetypes and, you know, like doing the program, for example, the Make More Money in Your Business with Sacred Money Archetypes, it really does uh help you just to, to 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 have a new relationship with money to really really understand what makes you tick but also in the in the program it allows you to understand your clients your current clients your ideal clients how you can uh, attract those uh, ideal clients to you better and and how you can how you in your unique business can help those people knowing what you know about their archetypes super interesting really is and you know it's, it's actually made me really seriously take a look at the marketing that we're doing and how we're how we're reaching our ideal clients and um, genuinely would recommend it for any business owner because I think it is a really great program um, so Sarah what's what's next for you what are you up to um, what am I up to? Um, well, actually, I am. Uh, so I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm right in the middle of creating another uh, program about money. Um, and it's called the Freedom, the Freedom Program, Getting Smart About Money. And so if you think about uh, the sacred money archetypes as being like the nature part of you, this program, the second program focuses on like the nurture part. So you know, like the stuff that we learn, the stories that we got and releasing all of those things. And, uh, and then, and, and then working on, um, you know, building like your first class life, really, you know, it's, it, and I think maybe that term might be off putting for people. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just so interesting. <laughs> but uh, if it is, 
think about what you're telling yourself think about your own stories like what what comes up for you are you thinking oh, all rich people are greedy or you know i you know whatever you know all of these like subconscious things that we tell mm. ourselves but it's so important to take ourselves to the next level you know uh, it's all about personal development and and, and also and, development like and development for your children as well and how you speak to children about money I think it's yeah. I think it really helps you to learn those sorts of things so you know the sort of things that I used to hear like money doesn't grow on trees we're not made of money um you know we can't afford that that sort of thing um really really helps to, to try not to use that kind of language around children because you don't want them to grow up with with that money mindset that that yeah. lack that that lack rather than the abundance I think yeah yeah that that's right and so actually in the in that program there's a little part on children and also um stuff to do with your partner or your husband or your wife as well and uh you know like you it's yeah the, the whole thing is really powerful and also sacred money archetypes um just going back to that you know, knowing what your husband or your wife's uh, um, archetypes are, it could really like save your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, or save your relationship if you're not married. But, you know, like, because if you're really, you know, if you're really good at like saving money because you're an accumulator, for example, um, but your, you know, your husband's, you know, he, he doesn't really, he's not really into caring about money because he's a connector um then you might get but if you don't know if you don't know this you know you'll just be annoyed you'll think god what is he like an idiot <laughs> you know or you know like you'll just be saying like all of these negative things in your mind about the other person but when you realize okay well this I, i'm really good at doing these things and he's really good at doing these things and you know what it's okay i don't need to do everything and he doesn't need to do everything so we'll just do you know we'll make things work by concentrating on the things that we're good at right makes i think sense. that's that's yeah really makes sense and um, so at the moment uh, we're obviously the uk is in a little bit of a state of crisis we've got this energy crisis we've got food bill crisis um, everybody is thinking of ways that they can either save money or make money. What are your tips on either saving money or making money for our listeners? Um, gosh, well, I, I've actually got a 30 day money challenge um, that people can do. And, and it does have um, a lot of, of um, tips in there. And also, you know, taking a look at what kind of spender you want to be. So, so I think, um, you know, if you bring some conscious awareness to how you're how you're spending money and what and why you're spending money, I mean, even if you're at the train station on the way to work and you go into the Starbucks or the Cafe Nero or whatever, and you you get yourself a coffee, like why is it just like an unconscious habit? And you just pay for a coffee every morning, or you know, is there is there another reason? <laughs> Is there another reason that you're buying the coffee? You know, and just become aware of, of, of your reasons um, for for spending. And if it, you know, I think a lot of people, um, well, a lot of people aren't aware 
of why they're spending and you know a lot of a lot of spending is unconscious right that's why people overspend that's why people mm. uh, that's uh, you can take it in the opposite direction that's also why people underspend um for me i i know i don't know anything about underspending personally <laughs> <laughs> i know a lot about overspending though um yeah. uh, and and i think you, you know if you if you really want to um save more money well i have to say from my own personal experience maddie's um app is, is great i've literally saved shitloads of money at tesco seriously <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> and, this, this podcast is not really about promoting my product funnily enough so uh, but it, it, yeah about, about fun <laughs> nice money saving stories but yeah if anyone wants to check it out myvoprewards.co.uk <laughs> um and and also i mean you can go through your you know like if you've got sky like we we've got sky tv and i remember um last year or maybe it was the year before my our contract was coming to an end and i called them up and uh, uh because they, it was like the next month it was going to be like double or something like it was going up to like 90 something pounds and it had always been like 50 or something like that mm. and uh I called them up and and she the lady said to me um oh I said I'm gonna transfer to Virgin um Virgin Media um and then and uh you know they were like uh oh we don't want you we don't want you to go let me transfer you through to this other place and then she couldn't actually help me she said well, if you find the things on the internet, if you find the deals on the internet, I'll give you the deals. But I can't. <gasps> but I can't tell you what the deals are. So literally, I was on my phone, like looking up all these sky deals, and I got it down to like thirty pounds a, a month, wow. um, just by spending like half an hour on the phone. Um, you know, so that so so do that do that with your Vodafone bill. Also, um, you know. I remember um, going through, uh, I'd set up Amazon, oh my God, what do you call it? Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime, but literally I'd done their free trial from like five different emails. Oh no. <laughs> like, and, and I didn't, um, and like every month, I think I was being charged something like 15 pounds or 12 pounds. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I went through my credit card and my bank statement and I was, I had, I had, I was paying for four. No way. Four Amazon things. So I called them up. I canceled them all. I canceled all but one. And I actually got a refund, like they automatically refunded like the last payment um, as well. So it was just like, but you know, if you really want to save money, you've got to look at the stuff. I, it's like, it might be uncomfortable, yeah. right? Like we shy away from this stuff because we don't want to look at it, but mm. really we're, we're hurting ourselves. We are we're hurting ourselves by not looking at it. I love every single month going through all of my Apple subscriptions. I love it, like literally love it. Um, and you can also check out the deals on um, on the Apple subscription. So if you, there's a little, little, um, a little button that you can press at the top. I think it's like a couple of dots. Um, and actually it will show you all of the deals that that company's ever had. And you can, you can actually look through and go and find the best price. Now, 
I signed up in lockdown for this app called Class Dojo, which was free for a year because they were giving it free for a year. When it renewed, it was $49.99. And it came out of my bank and I wasn't expecting it. And I was just like, oh, man alive, what even is this? Because um, I think I used it for about two weeks and then forgot about it. And I obviously went and cancelled that. Um, Audible, I was paying for Audible and I was listening to, pod- I, I think I bought one audiobook that I was listening to on Audible. Um, and then I realised that actually I could have just bought that book and read it and it probably would have been better. Um, there are so many things that I realised I was doing. Also, um, share, like things like um, you know sharing subscriptions with friends. Also, um, so a lot of phone contracts come with free Netflix, um, yeah. Sky. You know, you can you can negotiate for things with Sky as well. So what you were saying before, um, I I actually. I negotiate with Sky every 18 months, I would say. And I just phone them and I say, hey, it's me again. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, and they say, why do you want to leave? And I say, it's too, too, it's too expensive. I don't, don't want to be paying for this. Um, and they say, oh, well, you know, you could, you could try cutting out some of your packages. No, it's OK. No, I kind of want the packages still, but I don't want to pay as much as I'm paying. Last time I did that, I saved £15 a month. And I got upgraded to Sky Q for free and I got an extra box. So like, <laughs> it's worth having those chats. It really is. Not everybody yeah. is going to be comfortable having those negotiations. So the ways that you can save money instantly, go and check out your subscriptions, check your bank statements, see if there's something that you're paying for that you shouldn't be paying for. Check PayPal as well. because PayPal's a sneaky one. Yeah. And, and call those, if you're going to close something, if you're going to close an account, always you know, like give them a call and just ask for a refund or send them an email and, mm. and ask for a refund, you know, for the lot. And quite often they'll give you the last month's thing back. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always worth asking, isn't it? Well, yes. Sarah, it's been great to have you on. Um, your story is incredibly moving and I'm so, um, so glad that you are in a better place now and totally and utterly smashing it. Where can people find you? Um. I don't mean your house. I mean, like on social media. <laughs> so I, so I'm, I've got my website. It's Um, You can find me. I've got a, a Facebook page called money school. Money school is cool. <laughs> and uh, my Facebook group, money mindset and success education, Instagram, Sarah E. McCaldin and LinkedIn also Sarah McCaldin money mindset mentor yeah fabulous but you've been an amazing guest thank you so much um this has been mad about money sponsored by my vip rewards the multi-award winning money saving app that helps you to save money on your everyday spending i'm maddie alexander grout we'll see you next time